You know, even in our postmodern world, where many deny the existence of universal truths and dismiss the revealed basis for determining that which is moral and just, most are upset when they sense that justice has been perverted. And that is especially true when we sense it has taken place in our courts of justice. You know, when the obviously guilty go free on a technicality, or the innocent are railroaded for political, racial, or religious reasons, we cry foul. And while there is ample evidence that our judicial system is flawed, and it may seem that it's harder now than ever to find justice, the greatest mockery of justice to take place in a courtroom took place 2,000 years ago in Pilate's court when the Son of God stood accused before a Roman governor. We come to that account this morning. And in it we find several elements that when brought together almost guaranteed a perverted verdict. An innocent man, an insistent crowd, and an insecure judge. We begin with a look at an innocent man. We're in Luke chapter 22. And Pilate summoned the chief priests and the rulers of the people and said to them, You brought this man to me as one who incites the people to rebellion. And behold, having examined him before you, I have found no guilt in this man regarding the charges which you made against him. No, nor his Herod. For he sent him back to us, and behold, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish him and release him. Jesus was an innocent man, and Pilate knew it. After first examining him, Pilate declared, I find no guilt in this man. That should have ended it. But it didn't. The verdict didn't set well with those who had brought the charges, and so they added more. He stirs up the people, incites the people to rebellion, is how Pilate recorded it. When they mentioned that his rebellious acts had started in Galilee, however, Pilate breathed a sigh of relief. He thought he could hand off this political hot potato, and he sent him to Herod. When Jesus wouldn't respond to the charges brought against him in that court, and he wouldn't perform a miracle, Herod treated him with contempt and sent him back to Pilate. The ball was back in Pilate's court. And he reported that neither he nor Herod could find any guilt in Jesus. He does, however, modify his earlier judgment. Before he had simply said, I find no guilt in this man. This time he says, I have found no guilt in this man regarding the charges which you make against him. Now, he should have left it as before. I find no guilt in this man, period. That statement was absolutely true, even truer than Pilate realized. Never before had there been or would there be a man more guiltless 
in a courtroom. Now, Pilate obviously didn't know that, but he did at least realize that Jesus was not guilty of the things with which he'd been charged. And other gospel writers make it clear that Pilate knew why Jesus had been brought before him. He had been delivered to him because of envy. The religious leaders were envious of Jesus' popularity. The charges against him were groundless. The chief priests and elders insisted that Jesus deserved to die, but both Pilate and Herod knew he had done nothing deserving of death. Even Pilate's wife warned him to have nothing to do with that righteous man. She had a dream about him. It frightened her. She was convinced he was innocent and warned her husband not to judge against him. Jesus was innocent and everyone knew it. What was Pilate to do? He tried twice to settle the matter by simply declaring Jesus to be innocent, but the priests would not accept his verdict. So in an attempt to appease them, Pilate said he would punish Jesus. Now that, in and of itself, would be a perversion of justice. Why punish an innocent man? But it was a compromise he hoped would satisfy those calling for his death. It didn't. Pilate was facing an insistent crowd. Now he was obliged to release to them at the feast one prisoner. But they cried out altogether, saying, Away with this man, and release for us Barabbas. He was one who had been thrown into prison for a certain insurrection made in the city, and for murder. And Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again. But they kept on calling out, crying, Crucify! Crucify him! And he said to them the third time, Why? What evil has this man done? I have found in him no guilt demanding death. I will therefore punish him and release him. But they were insistent with loud voices asking that he be crucified. And their voices began to prevail. Luke has abbreviated the account. And verse 17 may not even be from his pen. Other gospel writers, however, give us more information and help us understand this cry for Barabbas. Pilate had established a custom of releasing a Jewish prisoner on the Passover as a gesture of conciliation. And according to Mark, the multitude asked him to do what he was accustomed to do, to release a prisoner. Now, it would make sense for the Jewish authorities to ask for a prisoner to be released. They were there to have one condemned, not released. So who did it? It was generally assumed that the multitude consisted of the Jewish authorities and people off the street. But as we noted last week, things happened so quickly that it's likely that the multitude was the 70 Jewish authorities who made up the Sanhedrin. It is possible, however, that some others may have been there early in the morning as well. And they may have been there specifically to seek the release of a prisoner 
on the Passover. And if they were themselves insurrectionists, they may have been there to ask that Barabbas be released. But when Pilate was reminded of his custom of releasing a Jewish prisoner, he thought he'd found a way out. So he asked the crowd if they really wanted him to release Barabbas or if they would rather have Jesus released. He no doubt assumed that if given a choice between releasing a known murderer and a Jew who had been merely charged with claiming to be the Messiah, they would allow Jesus to be released. But he was wrong. The chief priests persuaded everyone that it was Barabbas, whose name ironically means son of the father, who should be released, not the one who claimed to be the Son of God. They got everyone to cry out together, Away with this man and release for us Barabbas! When asked what they should do with Jesus, they cried, Crucify! Crucify him! When he asked why, what evil has he done? They responded like a typical unreasoning mob. They gave no answer. Just more shouts of, Crucify! Crucify him! Pilate didn't know what to do. Again, he said, I have found in him no guilt demanding death. I will therefore punish him and release him. And that he tried to do. He took Jesus and had him scourged. Had the flesh ripped off the back of an innocent man. He then covered his back with a purple or scarlet robe, perhaps the same gorgeous robe that Herod had earlier put on him, and crowned him with thorns. They then bowed before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they beat him. Pilate then brought Jesus back before the multitude, hoping they would settle for a beating and humiliation. He said, Behold the man! He wanted them to see what he had done. He had had a man he had declared to be innocent, mocked and beaten and scourged. Surely that would be enough. But the crowd demanded death. They were insistent, Crucify! Crucify him! And Luke records that their voices began to prevail. Pilate could see that a riot was beginning. And when he knew he was going to have to give in, he tried to wash his hands of any responsibility, literally. Pouring water over his hands, he declared, I am innocent of this man's blood. The people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. They had succeeded. Justice had been perverted because the people managed to intimidate an insecure judge. And Pilate pronounced sentence that their demand should be granted. And he released the man they were asking for who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, but he delivered Jesus to their will. You know, we generally assume it's a good thing for leaders to be responsive to the will of the people. But it's not always a good thing. 
There are times when the people's demands are plainly wrong. A leader of character, therefore, will not always do what the people want. He will listen and give consideration to desires, but he will then do the right thing as best he can discern it. Well, Pilate knew what was right. He knew he should release Jesus. He knew the religious leaders had delivered Jesus over to him because they were envious of him. He knew they just wanted to be rid of a religious rival. Still, he condemned an innocent man to death. He pronounced sentence that their demand should be granted, knowing that their demand was crucifixion. So why did he do it? Surely the Roman procurator wasn't afraid of those under his authority. He was a ruthless man and had effectively dealt with dissension before. He had armies, Roman armies, at his disposal and wasn't afraid to use them. So why did he give in? John reveals why. When Pilate said he was going to release Jesus, the Jewish authorities said if he did so, he would be no friend of Caesar. And that anyone who made himself out to be a king opposed Caesar. They were making it clear that if he released Jesus, they would report to Caesar that he had released a usurper to the throne. And that would be the end. Of his career. When he realized that deciding in favor of Jesus would put everything he had achieved in life at risk, he folded. He wanted to preserve his position more than he wanted justice to prevail. He therefore condemned an innocent man and let the guilty go free. Little did he know that in doing so, he was also making it possible for all who are guilty to go free. Through the death of the only totally innocent man to ever live, the debt of sin would be paid. Through the death of Jesus, we would find release from the condemnation we deserve. And yes, Pilate played a hand in that. I'm certain, however, that Jesus could have fulfilled his mission without Pilate's inadvertent help. There's no way we can applaud Pilate for what he did. He failed, and he failed miserably. But before we become too harsh in our judgment of Pilate, we better ask ourselves a question. Are we willing to stand against the crowd for Jesus' sake. What do we do with Jesus when our job is on the line? Or our standing? Or even our popularity? You know, we live in a day when it's acceptable to hold whatever beliefs we want in private. But if we make them public, we risk losing everything. 
At least that's the case if we believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God and that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father but through Him. That is not acceptable in the court of men today. It's not acceptable to assert that only one belief system is true. And to declare that to be the case is to run afoul the crowd. So what do we do? Do we ignore revealed truth and proclaim that which we think might be acceptable and ought to be true? Do we pass the buck and let everyone simply decide what is true for them? Do we deny that truth even exists and seek some kind of consensus upon which all can agree? Or do we risk everything and declare that which is true? That Jesus was God in the flesh, the eternal God, come to earth to do for mankind what man cannot do. For himself. Do we therefore openly declare Jesus to be the Son of God and only Savior? And honestly worship Him as such? Or do we play games with Him and bow before Him in mock reverence? Like Pilate, we too are called upon to pass judgment on Jesus. What is our judgment to be? If our judgment is based on the revealed Word of God, and we therefore judge Him to be the Son of God, and the only completely innocent man to ever live, may we have the courage to stand up for Him. It won't be easy. Pilate couldn't do it. But we can, if we will let Christ empower us with His Holy Spirit, and if we will make use of the spiritual resources He has provided for us. Due to personal weakness, there was perversion in Pilate's court. But through the strength Christ gives, there can be faithfulness. In ours. Let's commit.